Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 32, It Took a Woman, Elizabeth. I am Destiny Rambo-Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a poem titled The Divine Mother by Egyptian-American author, poet, and philosopher, Susie Kasim. From her thighs, she gives you life, and how you treat she who gives you life shows how much you value the life given to you by the Creator. And from seed to dust, there is one soul above all others that you must always show patience, respect, and trust and this woman is your mother. And when your soul departs your body and your deeds are weighed against the feather, there is only one soul who can save yours, and this woman is your mother. And when the heart of the universe asks her hair and mind whether you were gentle and kind to her, her heart will be forced to remain silent and her hair will speak freely as a separate entity very much like the seaweed in the sea. It will reveal all that it has heard and seen. This woman whose heart has seen yours first before anybody else in the world and whose womb had opened the door for your eyes to experience light and more, it is your very own mother. So no matter whether your mother has been cruel, manipulative, abusive, mentally sick, or simply childish, How you treat her is the ultimate test. If she misguides you, forgive her and show her the right way with simple wisdom, gentleness, and kindness. And always remember that the queen in the creator's kingdom who sits on the throne of all existence is exactly the same as in yours and her name is the Divine Mother. I love this poem so much. It touches on so many of the beautiful and uncomfortable facets of what relationships with mothers can be like. And yet when it's all said and done, it ends from a place of honor. My favorite part of the poem is the piece that describes her hair as it reveals all that it has heard and seen. It reminded me of this really special heirloom that I carry with me and I wear it often when I'm ministering. The chain was made by my older sister, Dion, and the locket, I don't know if you can see that. The locket contains a clipping of hair from my great-grandmother, Elizabeth. The hair was passed down to me by my grandmother, Dottie, along with so many stories about great-grandmother Elizabeth that are so incredible, they seem like something straight out of a movie. She was a spirit-filled Cherokee Indian who lived deep in the forest mountains of rural Kentucky. She was so incredibly close with her sister, Nora, who my dog is actually named after. Nora was also spirit-filled and was a medicine woman who had such revelation of the earth and herbs and how to create natural medicine that served the people in this rural community, as well as those further into the forest and mountains that had no access to modernized healthcare. 
Grandmother Elizabeth was a midwife, and they would travel together on horseback to care for women throughout their pregnancies. Because there were no phones in every household there, they had to rely on a Holy Spirit to tell them when it was time for a child to be born. So often, Grandmother Elizabeth would be startled mid-task or woken from sleep with the knowledge that a child was coming and which one it was. Her husband worked the land and he raised chickens, lots of them. When she knew the time was at hand, she would take one of those chickens and put it in this little saddlebag that she had sewn that would allow the chicken to ride along in her saddle uh, with her through the mountains. Uh, while she was packing up the chicken and everything that she needed to facilitate the birth, Great Aunt Nora would be packing up her herbs and oils and a basket full of fresh vegetables. Then they would set out on horseback together. As Grandmother Elizabeth would tend to the mother in labor, Nora would slaughter the chicken and cook a big pot of soup for the family. Most of those people living in the mountains were incredibly poor and malnourished. And they knew that these women would need all the strength that they could muster to deliver their babies and would need sustenance afterwards so they wouldn't die from exhaustion. It also kept the husband and the children occupied as Aunt Nora put them to work, helping to cook and clean the house. When the baby's time came, Elizabeth and Nora worked together seamlessly to bring that child into the world. Nora would then wash and anoint the child before wrapping them in a quilt that Aunt or grandmother, Elizabeth, had sewn special for that baby. In all of their years together, they delivered hundreds of babies and they never lost a single one that was born alive and they never lost a single mother, which was an absolute miracle. These women were so in tune with Holy Spirit, they knew exactly what these women needed and their babies needed, and they were able to selflessly let that wisdom flow through them and into these precious families. For reasons unknown, great-grandmother Elizabeth never cut her hair, ever. She wore it braided and twisted up during the day, but at night, she would let it cascade down her back and it drug along the floor behind her as she walked. My mother told me stories about nights that she spent in their home and how every evening, great-grandmother Elizabeth would let down her hair and she would begin to pace back and forth in front of their stone fireplace, singing in the spirit and talking to Jesus. She would pray about the women and children in her care. She would pray over her neighbors and their families and their crops and their animals. Then she would pray over her own family and the future generations to come. She would pace from one side of the hearth to the other, asking Jesus to bless her children's children and their children and on and on for all the generations to come. She would pray for their hearts to love Jesus and for their callings to come to pass. Her feet and her hair would be covered in soot and ash as she interceded before the throne room of heaven that had manifested itself in her tiny little cabin. The hair in this locket remembers those prayers. It carries them uh, to this day and they will never forget them. Her intercession prepared the way for me. When I think about those who prepare the way in scripture, the first person that comes to mind for most people is John the Baptist. The first person who comes to mind for me is his mother, Elizabeth. 
Her story is so beautiful and interesting, and I don't think she gets the recognition that she deserves for the role that she played in preparing the way for Jesus. Luke is the only one of the gospel writers who even tells her story. I was gonna write a synopsis, but the way that Luke pieces it all together is so perfect, I'm just gonna read through it. It's a little bit lengthy, but so worth it. We will begin in Luke chapter one, verse five. In the days of Herod the Great, king of Judea, there was a certain priest whose name was Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, the first high priest of Israel, and her name was Elizabeth. They both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both far advanced in years. Now it happened while Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the appointed order of his priestly division, as was the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense on the altar of incense. And all the congregation was praying outside in the court of the temple at the hour of the incense offering. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw the angel, he was troubled and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, because your petition in prayer was heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have great joy and delight, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and will never drink wine or liquor, and he will be filled with and empowered to act by the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel back from sin to love and serve the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, which is to seek and submit to the will of God in order to make ready a people perfectly prepared spiritually and morally for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how will I be certain of this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in age. The angel replied and said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand and minister in the very presence of God, and I have been sent by him to speak to you and bring you this good news. Listen carefully. You will be continually silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe what I told you, but my words will be fulfilled at their proper time. The people outside the court were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering about his long delay in the temple. But when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he spoke in sign language to them and remained mute. When his time of priestly service was finished, he returned to his home. Now after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months, she secluded herself completely, saying, 
This is how the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor on me to take away my disgrace among men. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, the angel said, "'Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you.' But she was greatly perplexed at what he had said and kept carefully considered what kind of greeting this was. The angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen carefully, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus.' He will be great and eminent, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin and have no intimacy with any man? Then the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God. And listen, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is barren is now in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible." Then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. Now at this time, Mary arose and hurried to the hill country to a city of Judah, Judea. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, her baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him. And she exclaimed loudly, Blessed, worthy to be praised are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, spiritually fortunate, and favored by God is she who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the angel sent from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed and happy and favored of God." For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name to be worshipped in his purity, majesty, and glory. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who stand in great awe of God and fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. 
He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, just as he promised to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord has shown his great mercy toward her and they were rejoicing with her. It happened that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child as required by law and they intended to name him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered, no, indeed. Instead, he will be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. Then they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were all astonished. At once, Zacharias's mouth was opened and his tongue freed. And he began speaking, praising and blessing and thanking God. Then fear came over all of their neighbors, and all these things were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things kept them in mind, saying, What then will this little boy turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him to bring about his birth. Now Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him, and he prophesied, saying, Blessed, praised, glorified be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he had visited us and brought redemption to his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation, a mighty and valiant Savior for us in the house of David, his servant, just as he promised by the mouth of his holy prophets from the most ancient times salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy as he promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the promised blessing, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness, being set apart and righteous, upright before him all our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord, the Messiah, to prepare his ways, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise, the Messiah, from on high will dawn and visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace and serenity. The child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel as John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah. Wow. I mean, I, I need like a second after reading all of that. What a beautiful story from Zacharias and Gabriel to Elizabeth, knowing what was, what was coming to Mary and Gabriel and then Mary and Elizabeth together. Like, it just, it overwhelms me sometimes just how perfect the plan of God is and the story that he plays out through all of us. 
When I think about Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist and cousin to Jesus, the word that comes to mind is radiant. Luke describes her as righteous and full of faith. She was also a direct descendant of the prophet Aaron, Moses's brother, and the first high priest of Israel. She had to have been a powerhouse. When Mary has her encounter with the Archangel Gabriel, she immediately jumps up and journeys almost a hundred miles from Nazareth to Judea to visit Elizabeth, where they sing the praises of divine together and celebrate the generational blessing he bestows. In my studies, I have learned that many scholars believe that Mary was actually with Elizabeth when John was born before heading back home. What a glorious birth that must have been. Both mother and child were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then not long after that, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and began prophesying. Did Mary learn what she needed to know for her own birth while witnessing Elizabeth's? I've often wondered if Elizabeth and Mary ever reconnected after Jesus's birth, if they were ever able to celebrate their divine babies together outside of the womb. I wonder if Mary and Elizabeth paced hearths together, singing over their wombs in those three months that they spent together. Their conversations about the generations to come and the future of humanity must have been surreal. Did Zacharias sit and listen, unable to speak up, but just nodding in agreement as the reality of what to come started to root itself in his heart? When I think of Elizabeth of Scripture and my very own great-grandmother Elizabeth, I see the ideal matriarch, a woman who knows who she is in Christ and what she was born to birth. I am so grateful to have such a wonderful relationship with both of my grandmothers before they went on to be with the Lord and now with my mom. I know that's not often the case with many people nowadays, uh, so many live in such hostility with their mothers and often have to pull away from the relationship in order to stay sane. I have learned, though, that we don't need to share blood for a mother's heart to manifest. Through ourselves, to others who need one, or through another to us when we need it, the mother's heart of God is just as powerful as the father's heart. Divine is all and in all. If you are seeking understanding of what a divine maternal relationship should look and feel like, or if you are longing for the spirit of godly parenthood to rise up within you, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, we are so thankful today that you have given us the beautiful roadmap that is the scriptures, and that you've given us women like Elizabeth, like Mary, and even men like Zacharias to help us to learn how to be obedient to what you've called us to do and how to walk in the fullness of our purpose here on the earth. Father, I ask today that you turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to their children, and you turn the hearts of the children back to their mothers and the hearts of the mothers back to the children. Father, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to reconnect this sacred union that was established at our birth and carries us through until we transition into glory. We are so thankful 
that you saw fit to bring us into this earth. And we are thankful to the mothers who brought us here. Teach us to connect with your heart as a mother and help us to fulfill the purpose for which you have called us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a quote from Margaret Sanger. The mother memories that are closest to my heart are the small, gentle ones that I have carried over from the days of my childhood. They are not profound, but they have stayed with me through life. And when I am very old, they will still be near. Memories of my mother drying my tears, reading aloud, cutting cookies, and singing as she did. Listening to prayers, I said as I knelt with my forehead pressed against her knee, tucking me in bed and turning down the light. They have carried me through the years and given my life such a firm foundation that it does not rock beneath flood or tempest. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.